Welcome to the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio. I'm your host, Katie Appold. I'm the executive director of Nonprofit Hub. One of my favorite job duties is hosting this podcast. Each week, I get to talk to nonprofit leaders, influencers, and innovators who are changing the sector. You see, we know that you're already doing good. We've designed this podcast to help nonprofits who are doing good to find new ways and new resources to grow. So tune in weekly, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. This episode is sponsored by HubSpot for Nonprofits, offering 40% off of HubSpot's Pro Plus products for eligible nonprofit organizations. Get the tool that nonprofits like Greenpeace, First Robotics, and Ignite National use to scale their marketing, improve search engine optimization, simplify reporting, and engage core audiences, all in one place. Learn more at HubSpot.com nonprofits. That's HubSpot.com nonprofits. Digital solutions are everywhere, especially as we seek to serve donors better. We can automate just about anything. We can have them update their credit card, their address, their phone number, just about anything through our website or through a donation portal. But are we missing a golden opportunity to build a relationship? Today, I'm talking to Megan Spear of Marketing Support Network about how we do support for donors and how we make it about them as individuals. In a world where marketing has gone big and is a one-to-many approach, Megan will talk to us about how one-to-one donor relations can create a holistic fundraising strategy. I can't wait to dig into this as we are in the midst of year-end giving. I know Megan's going to have a ton of wisdom to share. Let's get started. I'm talking today to Megan Spear of Marketing Support Network, and it's kind of a crazy story, but Megan and I met in Mexico. We did. It was a great trip. (laughs) It was a great trip. Um, I don't think we need to to go any deeper into it than that, but one of the coolest nonprofit people I've met in Mexico. Um, I wish we were sipping margaritas right now as we talk about this. I'll go with my coffee instead. Coffee Close enough. Coffee works. So tell our audience, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you work with nonprofits, and I want to hear about the Marketing Support Network. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have been with Marketing Support Network for about eight and a half years now. Um, and we, I, I started out in our digital department and kind of growing and launching that and then have just kind of continued to take on more and more of those pieces and currently serve MSN as vice president. Um and then from a nonprofit perspective, I would say about 60% of our client base is in the nonprofit sector. Um, and so for us, that's everything from answering phone calls to take donations for folks, acting as that kind of frontline donor services. We do a lot of um, fundraising donor engagement uh, from an outbound call center perspective. And then we also have a huge digital marketing arm uh, that helps folks with some of their online fundraising and some of the storytelling that helps create buzz and awareness around their mission. So the call center, um, the call center element, I'm super curious about that. What, what percentage of your business, like for nonprofits, do they rely on a call center? So 
um, we do have a lot of our clients that are kind of in a broadcast space. So they're on air doing radio or television. Um, and so they have those things that's, you know, call today and for your gift of any amount, we'll send you this. Uh, so we do a lot of that back end work. But we also have a lot of cause-based folks who are getting opportunities, whether it's on radio or TV, to do more uh, awareness campaigns, right? So they're taking over a radio station for 24 hours, or they're doing a telethon or a radiothon or shareathon, those kind of things that are driving high volume traffic, maybe more so than they're used to in their office, right? Like <laughs> on a given day, they maybe get 15 phone calls and all of a sudden they're going to be on a radio station and they expect 100 and their staff just can't take that on. So we do a lot of that kind of work as well. Um, we've also seen as the emphasis to really make sure that donors are cared for continues to grow, right? It, kind of cultivating that generosity that we've been talking about so much in the industry lately. Um, there is more of a call to care well for donors. And so we've talked to a lot of folks who just need more support. They don't have enough staff in office to be able to handle things like, hey, I need to update my credit card information because my card expired, <laughs> right? So some yeah. of those pieces that really can be outsourced pretty easily so that your team can focus on mission critical, the stuff that only they can do. And so that's really where MSN comes in. It's like, what are the things that we can take off your plate to help support you so that you all can go do your mission? So that we can all be better humans because isn't that Absolutely. what people, I mean, if you get to the point of calling, you want a human voice and you Absolutely. want somebody who knows what they're doing and cares. Correct. Yeah. And cool. especially now, right? We have so many, you know, I know the, the focus for everybody so much is on digital, but there is still a large majority of people who who don't want to put their credit card numbers on the internet. I can't tell you how many people a day our team talks to that don't even have an email address. Yeah. And like that population still exists and they want to be generous. And so figuring out a strategy to, to connect with them is super helpful for folks across the board. Absolutely. They're still the largest giving generation. We, yes. can't, we can't overlook that. Nope. Okay. So we decided we were going to talk about holistic giving um, our holistic fundraising today. <laughs> and I have to tell you, when I think of holistic, I think of like whole body, like eating lots of green foods, exercising, yeah. balance, all that. Help me break it down in the fundraising world. What what does it mean to, to do holistic fundraising? So for, for us, I think that's twofold. One is actually what we just talked about, right? Is having a strategy that encompasses all of your demographics not one that's just focused on your digital 20 30 somethings not something that's focused on the snapchat group whatever it is but making sure that whatever strategy you have in place is going to resonate across everybody and that all of those messages work cohesively together right so maybe it is still a paper mailed copy newsletter for our non-email friends yeah right but then what do we do with that copy and how do we translate that and break it down what videos do we record from it to make sure that our 20-something friends get that same information um because all nonprofits have a really great story to tell um and i think right now we've been pushing so much on the digital and so much on video Snapchat or um, Instagram Reels and TikTok have really kind of taken the focus of we have to make these short-term videos. But then again, like you said, your largest giving generation is 
is out of the loop. And so how do we make sure that they have that same story? And they're getting that effectively. So part of holistic is the generation span and making sure that we're getting the message across the board to everybody. And the other piece of that is the is a holistic process. I was just talking to a nonprofit a couple of days ago um, who said their largest, one of their largest issues is that they have so many donors who are monthly givers. They're, they're a recurring donor. And then their credit card expires or the bank sent them a new card and it whatever, and they don't have a strategy in place to connect with those folks. And so they are losing hundreds of dollars a month. And they said, well, you know, if they really cared about us, then they would call and give us the new number. Okay. Well, if, uh, <laughs> if you really cared about them as a donor, you would proactively take the approach to say, Hey, you know, we've missed hearing from you or something like that. Right. Um, and so thinking through, not just the marketing process, but where are all of those touch points? How do we care well for a donor holistically? Because it's, you know, that that age-old stigma, a donor is not just an ATM machine. They are a person. And so to your point, we we do think of holistic as kind of a, a healthy wellness balance. And that has to be how we view our donors. They are people. They are people at this point in time who are going through some of those same struggles that we all are, right? <laughs> With inflation and gas prices and the whole nine yards, everybody's kind of feeling that crunch. And so to not have a strategy that cares well for them from the time they give that gift all the way through, you know, even even down to if I need to, if I've moved and I need to tell you my new address, it's amazing to me how hard that is <laughs> to get a hold of folks at some organizations because there's just not a live person that you can talk to. Um, and so all of those kind of touch points about whether it's calling out just to do donor thank you calls and let them know that they're appreciated or calling out to say a month in advance, hey, I see your credit card's about to expire. Has the bank sent you a new card yet? Just wanted to check in and being proactive about some of those things. Um, but really thinking through all those touch points of how donors engage with you is kind of that holistic piece for us. So two things come to mind as I listen to you and well, three things. So first, I, most monthly givers, and I don't have a stat to back this up, but I'm willing to put some money on it if I were a betting person, they give to multiple organizations. Exactly. So it's not, it's not like they didn't care to update you. They're probably just not keeping up with all the updating. Absolutely. But because we all we've all been there, right? Oh yeah. There's some yeah. sort of card gets compromised. The bank sends you a new one, and you never realized how many things were attached to that card Actually, until all of a sudden you have to try and figure out who to update, and it's a process. I wait for them to come to me. Like, you want my money? Absolutely, come and get it. Come and get it. <laughs> so the two things I think that must make the donor feel though is you you see me. Yes. And. My gift is so important to you and that my you gift matters. Yeah, you can't let it go. Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Good to Growth podcast, and I want to tell you about today's sponsor, HubSpot. HubSpot isn't just a set of powerful tools. It's what one nonprofit executive likens to an iPhone because it just works. If your nonprofit wants to scale marketing efforts, improve your website, and engage donors, volunteers, and other core audiences all in one place, 
HubSpot might be the best all-in-one solution for your organization. With tools like a drag-and-drop website editor, easy-to-use landing pages, and out-of-the-box forms to help you grow your email list and segment audiences, HubSpot makes expanding your nonprofit's reach simple and reliable. Learn more about HubSpot's nonprofit program and find out if your organization is eligible for a 40% discount on Pro Plus products at HubSpot.com slash nonprofits. That's HubSpot.com slash nonprofits. Now let's get back to Katie's conversation with Megan Spear. So Megan, thank you for breaking down what holistic fundraising should look like and um I love it. I love it. But as I think about it and I think about organizations I've worked with, it seems like for that to be a truly holistic approach, we're going to have to have everybody on deck. Everybody's going to have to be on board. And so often what I hear is I'm not a fundraiser. You don't want me in fund development. That's not my gifting or some other, um, I don't want to say excuse, but some other reasoning for not wanting to get involved with the donor care. Yeah. Is that an okay perspective? Should we change that? So here's a couple ways to make sure everyone's involved, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are, and we know this in the call center, right? We talk about the inbound call center and the outbound call center. And when you meet our agents, the folks on the inbound side who their personality is, I want to help you, right? I just, I want to make sure I take care of whatever the need is. They're so sweet. They're phenomenal at that. The folks on the outbound call center who are driving for gifts, who are driving for setting appointments for major gift officers, that's a different personality, right? And so we're very aware that asking for gifts and asking for donations is not everyone's bag, it's not going to be a fit for everybody. But the ways that we can incorporate that, and I we tell folks this all the time. So if you are sending out a newsletter or you're sending out a donor appeal or whatever the communication is, let's say whatever the direct mail piece is, right? Part of holistic strategy is making sure that everybody in the organization has a copy of that piece. Because I cannot tell you how many times we have had nonprofits send things out and callers call and say, hey, I got this newsletter from you and I have a question about, you know, about this specific project that they might want to give to you or this specific campaign that you're running. And the folks on the phone are like, oh, okay, because they've never seen it. Yeah. Can you <laughs> right? describe so, that for me? Yeah. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what that said again. <laughs> right. And now for us, our clients are, have done, I think we've We've got them in the groove now of making we get an email copy of that. And so if they're sending an appeal, they send us the copy. We send it out to the agents so that they can reference it and they know what's happening. But so often I see people get stuck like that because marketing lives in this silo and they send their stuff out. Yeah. And the people who have to answer the questions about it are not equipped to do that effectively because they've never seen the piece. They can't necessarily answer those questions. On the flip side, right, your folks on those front lines who are taking the calls, and this happens for us so often, where people call in maybe to make a donation, maybe to request a resource or to update a credit card information, whatever that is, and then they'll say, hey, does your organization have a prayer list? Uh, Or do you have a prayer team that could maybe take a prayer request? And we're happy to do that and pass that along. But that means that the person, the people on your front lines are engaging with your, in, with your donors in a way that the marketing team never will. 
Yeah. Right. Because they're not the ones hearing those stories of what's going on in your donor's life because donors are people and they have lives and they have concerns and they have frustrations or they're the ones who are taking the call from somebody who says, Hey, you know, I've been a monthly giver for a while, but my financial situation has changed. My husband lost their job. We're going through some struggles right now. I need to pause that. That's information that the frontline has to make sure gets back to the donor development folks, because let's, let's play that through. Let's say I've been giving to your org $50 a month for the last three years. All of a sudden, my spouse loses their job. We're in this financial hardship. And I call the org. I explain that I need to be taken off the list. The person on the front end is going to be so apologetic. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. That's such a struggle. I'm so sorry to hear that you're going through all of that. If they don't take the the opportunity to update the donor record... (laughs) (laughs) right or to reach out to donor services now all of a sudden it's just in a record they've canceled and now we're we're moving on but imagine the difference if a donor development person could have that knowledge (laughs) could understand what's happening in that life and even reach out to say hey I just wanted to send you a note we're so sorry to hear that you're going through all this thank you so much for all of your support we just wanted you to know we're thinking about you so this when, the, the, when that donor s- situation changes again, you best believe you're going to be at the top of their list because you have actually bothered to care about them as a person. So that information, whether you're the one that's like driving for the next gift <laughs> or writing the story or taking the calls, everybody has to be a part of that process if we're going to view a donor holistically. I love that. It, it brings back memories. Um, one of one of the worst experiences um, I had in fundraising was a, a, a donor's spouse passed away. Oh, gosh. And they called to update the address. Um, so the, the name was removed in our database, but there was no context or anything like that. And um, they ended up leaving the, the organization. They ended up not donating anymore because... It just, it was so impersonally handled. Yes. I mean, it's such an opportunity, though, to love on people and Absolutely. to show them how much they're needed and how much you care. And yeah, I mean, I love that you compare it to, I mean, marketing is important, but marketing yes. is one to many. And correct. The service you're talking about, a truly holistic approach, is the one to one connection that you, you have the opportunity to build. Absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, when I, when I sit down with folks and we're mapping out a strategy for them, because I tell folks all the time, like it's my, my pitch line for MSN is that we come in and fill the gaps in your marketing or communication strategy that you just don't have the bandwidth to do. And so often this is that thing, whether it's reaching out to <laughs> lapsed donors or making sure that someone answers the phone and they're not just having to leave a voicemail, whatever those pieces are, it sends a message to your donors that you appreciate them as a human first and as a donor second. And really, ultimately, isn't that what we all want, right? We want to be treated as a human. Yes, we want to help. And I, I am all for encouraging generosity and making sure that we are kind of building up that system of people giving back. I love that. But the nonprofits have a responsibility in that, too, <laughs> to not just be the takers because we have ways to show them that they're human uh and it doesn't take a whole lot of effort 
to make sure that we're caring back and being a true partner to them. I totally agree. And it one of my greatest pet peeves is when nonprofits, and I'm going to call it arrogance, but <laughs> sometimes we tend to have this position of, well, they should want to support us. Who wouldn't want to support us? And the thing is, folks, there are a bazillion nonprofit great causes out there. Exactly. You have to build the relationship. You yes. have to yeah, show people they matter and execute on it. Absolutely. I mean, take the take the example we just used, right? So if I've been giving you $50 a month for the last three years and I have to stop, but you reach out to me, again, when my, when my situation changes, you are going to be top of mind. Chances are you, in comparison to some other organizations that I may have been supporting who didn't bother to reach out to me, right? chances of that gift increasing when I come back are huge because I took the time to care about you as a person and I felt like I was a partner in your work instead of just an ATM machine and so I think part of cultivating generosity like that is for us to be uh, for nonprofits to be able to give back to our donors in encouragement in support in thankfulness and just really making sure that that's kind of a a circle, right? Not just a one-way transaction. I love that. Bringing it full circle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for all the organizations listening and maybe, um, you know, they hear something like, yeah, we have capacity issues or yes, I've never returned that call to that donor. What are some low hanging fruit things that we should all do to start, you know, we're heading into your end to start having a a strong holistic approach. So, the best solution is for a live person to answer the phone anytime it rings, <laughs> right? But that's for a lot of folks, that's just not realistic. So one of the best things that any nonprofit can do is manage expectations. Mm-hmm. So if you have a system set up where people need to email you to request something and you know that it takes you a day and a half to get back to somebody, then put an autoresponder on your email that says, thank you so much. We really appreciate your question please know you will receive a response within one business day. Manage those expectations up front. Similarly, on a voicemail message, if you know that you're not going to be live answering calls, put it on the message. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you calling. Please leave us a message and we will respond. We will call you back within X number of hours, X number of days, whatever the case may be. Manage those expectations and then stick to them. <laughs> right? Because people, we've, we live now in this society of, I want it right now. Mm-hmm. I expect your response immediately. I expect my Amazon order to show up at my door tomorrow. I expect these things right now, which for nonprofits is just not always feasible. But if you can manage those expectations up front, it saves a lot of people a lot of frustration. (laughs) It saves you a lot of extra phone calls of people calling back to say, hey, you never called me back yet. Okay, well, let's calm down. But if we can set that voicemail up front to say, thank you so much, here's the expectation, we will call you back within one business day. And then hold to that. Not enough information or incomplete information is I think one of the greatest stress inducers yes. of all time in any relationship, but even on voicemail. So absolutely, I yeah. Love so that. use the message, use your autoresponder. Even um, you know, if you have people that are contacting you through social media, set up a like a chatbot responder, so that people understand. Yes, I heard your message, or yes, I have received this. It didn't get lost in cyberspace somewhere. Yes, I have received this, and I will respond to you in this amount of time. It just saves everybody a lot of frustration. No kidding. Megan, 
Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it's my pleasure. I think this is such an important perspective and you not only share it and teach it well, but you live it out. And so thank you for all you're doing at Marketing Support Network too. Yeah, I'll make sure pleasure. I'll make sure I put a link to that in the podcast notes so people can check it out. Great. Thanks so much. What a great conversation with Megan Spear. I will be sure to include a link to Marketing Support Network in the podcast notes. If you are thinking about new fundraising strategies, how to really create that holistic approach, come to Cause Camp. We feature the best and the brightest innovators and thought leaders in the sector. And they're not only going to inspire you, they're going to share their secrets, their process, their tools for raising more support for your cause. You can get tickets now at cause.camp. Super simple URL. That's www.cause.camp. Thanks for listening to another Good to Growth podcast. You can find more great content to take your organization from good to growth at nonprofithub.org.